a song and a friend podcast. I'm your host, your old pal, Tom Tom Adamson. This is season two, episode one. Our headliner is the song Jesus and the Horse Thief by the band Kansas Bible Company. And our opening act is an interview with KBC songwriter Jake Miller. We're just going to step out of the venue here into the street. You know, some of my favorite conversations about music, discovering music, comparing music, meeting other musicians, have happened on the sidewalk outside of venues. Whether I was in a band that was on the bill or we were at a show highly anticipating seeing some headliner that we love. It's in such a place that I had many of my favorite conversations with Jake Miller over the years. Whether it's among the people who just needed to get away from the crowd, needed to grab a smoke with some friends, or just some fresh air. Our interview with Jake tonight takes place on a cafe table outside of a venue in Goshen, Indiana. Let's listen in. Hello, everyone. Tom here, and we're in downtown Goshen, an undisclosed location, so you'll hear city noise and conversation. I'm here with one of my all-time best friends, Jake Miller, and we're going to be talking about a song that his band, Kansas Bible Company, did on their second album, Jesus and the Horse Thief, uh, which is one of my favorite songs that they've ever done. And I remember first hearing it on a little bootleg Jake, that, that you gave me in 2011. Uh, my band was on a little tour. We made a stop at the Hotel Chickamauga, which was the house you lived at. And you were in process of writing the Hotel Chickamauga album. And uh, you were giving close friends these little CDRs of songs in process and some ambient tracks that, like, Mikey and those guys were doing. And Jesus and the Horse Thief was on it. And I just loved it. And it was uh, caught my attention right away because it felt like this play between, you know, triumph and defeat, good versus evil, you know, light versus dark, melody versus rhythm. And I'm just curious from a songwriting perspective, which came first? Was it the, the, that triumphant horn line or was it the kind of the verses and the melody where it's a little more subdued? Like, did that come after the fact? Is the, what's the chicken egg story there? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that it was it was the triumphant horn line is the dum da da dum 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 da 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 da. And like uh, our friend Hayden was living with us and he'd done some artwork and shot some video for us. And he was there. He's like, man, you should, you should write a song about Jesus stealing a horse. Cause like, there's, there's that one story right. of Jesus going into Jerusalem and then mm-hmm. they steal that donkey, you know? And right. You, they, you know, they don't say explicitly that they <laughs> stolen. Go find a donkey or whatever. He says, go yeah. tell him the master needs it. Right. And then, then the guy would be like, okay, take yeah. it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, it's, seems kind of you know well, I, there's a there's a lot to be left or i don't know i love that. that i love i love reading the bible stories without kind of a layer of, of a sanctimoniousness like 
You know, what was right. this really like? Right. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's like, well, did he, maybe he stole, maybe the, the disciples stole and they're like, well, you know, we got it. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Like, I mean, we we gotta go get it. Like, it's just let's he just, told us to do right. it. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I think, and that's kind of the songs written around that too, where it's like there's you know somebody who's who's told you to go do something, and there's this push and pull, and mm-hmm. this kind of yeah, that light and dark, and um, just thought it was kind of yeah, a fun take on it. Um, so yeah, so the horn line came first, and uh, and the rest kind of followed. Okay, I'm curious about the. Uh what the what the lyric means to you beyond kind of that initial thing because it seems like the the singer or the character of the song is like going through some like really heavy stuff like he's really conflicted about where to go yeah and that's that's kind of it's that point it's like you know i stole a horse christ what have i done <laughs> you know like if it's Filed for divorce. christ what have i done like these situations that you never expect to find yourself in nobody ever expects to get sure. divorced um, and yeah. it's kind of these 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 real hard situations sure. that you find yourself in. Yeah. Um, there seems to be an impending ordeal. When I listen to the song, I think of well, like the last week of Jesus's life. So he he gets the donkey, goes in, it's triumphant. He's like, hey, I'm coming into the city. Everyone's like. Yeah, you're the dude. Mm-hmm. And then he finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's like, please make it go all away. You know, not my will, but your will. Yeah. And um, so there's this, like I said, this play between ordeal and, and, and triumph. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Coming down from an emotional high. Yeah. There's this emotional high of Palm Sunday, and then you hit the Garden. And that's yeah. such a poignant, poignant thing. And it plays in cool on the album order on the Hotel Chickamauga album because it comes right before Rooster Crow. Yeah. Which is like, if you place that, and I'm reading way into it, and maybe you don't do this. No, you're, you're absolutely right, but, I think. you know, you got Garden of Gethsemane. It's like, Christ, what have I done? Right. You know, Father, take this cup from me. Mm-hmm. And then a little couple of verses later, you get Peter mm-hmm. denying Christ. It is like, now I feel. Yeah, count the times Rooster Crow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And Nathan, our bass player, wrote that song in response to Jesus Love okay. Steve. So that, that confirms something I felt all along that yeah. just never really knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, the whole record's a weird concept of a record. Sure. Where, I mean, you know, it's somewhat all tied together. And it's like this weird kind of, I don't know, post-apocalyptic, psychedelic yeah. trip. Um, kind of like reaches for you know uh-huh. like the human archetype. Sure, that that story that yeah that has been presented before and before and before. So yeah, well, um, I'm curious also about the the band dynamic. Um, there's a long section towards the end of the song where the theme is passed around the different instruments. It's almost symphonic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when KBC worked together or when they worked together, how do you guys decide that? Is it, uh, is there mm-hmm. someone calling all the shots or does someone say, hey, I've got an idea? Mm-hmm. Uh, open that up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, at, at that time period, yeah, we had, we had moved down to Nashville. We were just kind of real excited. Like a lot of guys have graduated college and everybody, there's some guys that were taking time off. Mm-hmm. And we all moved down to Nashville. And by that point, like we had 
finished our first record that spring. And then uh, I was primarily writing and, and other people started writing a bit more, but we were all, we all moved into this house together. Yeah. That was such and a cool so, house. It was massive. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's like 13 bedrooms or something. Something like that. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty, it, it was pretty gross, but it was very affordable. Yeah. And it was exactly what it needed to be. And, and we practice almost every single night. And uh-huh. so like the, the running joke is like there, you know, before we moved down, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not moving down unless we practice four hours a night, you know? Oh, wow. And I don't know if we ever quite did that much, sure. but, but, I, but most nights we were practicing within that first year. And so like, uh-huh. we were really gelling and there are a lot of ideas thrown around constantly. And I had, since we were all kind of there together, I had kind of stepped back a little bit more as far as like uh-huh. being real rigid with what I wanted and other guys were putting in more, uh, more ideas. And there was like kind of a heavy influence of, um, more of a like progressive sure. slant. And so like working within different time signatures, yep. Yep. changing keys, yeah. things like that. And, um, one of our, like our percussionist Luke and, and Nathan were really excited about that. And, and we all were, I mean, it's fun. We, a lot of us come from a classical background and there's like, I mean, uh-huh. All sorts of different things you can do with that. Jesus Christ. It kind of naturally happened okay. like to pass things around like that, where it's like, okay, you guys took the theme, like, okay, we'll take the theme, you know, and then you know, and build it back up and, and strip it down a bit. And, uh, sure. Yeah. And eventually, you know, we get to the very end of the song where it's just like a mad dash, like, yes, just it's, it, it's cool. And that was something also we, we debated in like playing when with a, with a tempo that isn't set. Uh-huh. It's like, well, there's, there's ebb and flow, but there's also like rushing and dragging. Sure. But it's like when you're intentional with those things, like, so we intentionally like uh-huh. would, like picked up the pace at the end of that song. Yes. It would happen naturally, but when we in- intentionally did it, it, it felt better. Yeah. There's this one cool moment where uh, I think it's James. He imitates the sound of a horse. Oh yeah. With the trumpet. With the trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a race. Yeah. yeah. It's like a race from there, there forward. Exactly. Another cool thing about that record, the whole, as you bring it, that theme comes up in a slightly different mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the next to the last song. Yeah. And that was really, really cool. Yeah, we, we kind of reprised everything at the end of the record with the song Hotel Chickamauga, uh-huh. where there's that theme's reintroduced in a minor key. Right. Um, and a few other, other songs that Desert She Screams is, is sure. back in. There's, yeah, it's, it's it was kind of cool. I remember it was a Saturday morning when we, like, we all crammed into my bedroom for some reason and we just came up with that. Uh-huh. Thought that was pretty neat. That's that's really really cool. Uh, it's it's become a staple of your live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you why do you think that is as opposed to some of the other tracks on the record? Um. Well, I th- I think it's fun it's fun to play. Okay. Bottom line, it's it's really fun to play. There's something about that the main theme. Yeah, it's just it's so triumphant and like people respond to it. Uh huh. And I think. Some of the fast changes, like the dun 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 right. dun 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 dun, dun blah, you know, like people, like there's this real excitement to sure. it that I think that that brings energy and mm-hmm. it's it's 
yeah, it's fun to see people respond to that. We, a lot yeah. of times people respond very well to it, and that's that's exciting. I've got in my notes here that when when I see you guys play live, I'm always doing like pogo dancing <laughs> during during the intro. And then like when it breaks down, I'm like on the edge of my seat, just anticipating another mm-hmm. breakthrough. And, and that's really, really, it's really, but it, um, it's got a, you have a knack for indelible melodies. I mean, when you, on that album, you've got you know, 12 parts going on and on and on, but it began from that, that singular thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that I really always admired about your songwriting is that you know how to listen for, you know, the one sort of DNA strand that's going to grow the whole, the whole beast. And that, that's, that's really, really cool. Cause you also are a songwriter of your own material that you can sit down you know, a guitar and, and then play yourself. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this, this uh, song came out literally 10 years ago. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, it was uh, May of yeah. 2012. Oh yeah. I think. And um, I had, you had invited my group at that time to open up for your debut uh-huh. over at the Goshen Theater. Yeah. And that was a really, really neat thing. And you debuted it with liner notes and yep. you played the album in order. Mm-hmm. And uh, something really special from that night was when you guys all lined up shoulder to shoulder and you sang that, that hymn number. Uh-huh. Yeah, hymn and say vertigo. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was exciting. It was really really fun to bring that record into the world i mean it was we produced it yeah and we had a little bit of help well we had a lot of help we uh-huh. had a lot of help from our friends andy and zach and they engineered the whole thing and andy mixed it and did a really really nice job with it um but yeah that was he was it was exciting it felt like okay here here's here's the next step you know or every time you do it you just get better and better at it so yeah well you're writing the lyrics uh to that there's the line about the Palm Sunday tornado mm-hmm. and, the, and the reference, you know, to, to, to Jesus and the story about stealing the horse and the, the line Christ. Is it an address? Is it a swear? That's uh-huh. kind of cool. Were you, did you craft that or did it just kind of come natural, you know? At, at this point, it's kind of tough for me to re- remember. I sure. think it kind of came naturally. Like, I don't know. I've just, I've always grown up knowing about the Palm Sunday tornado in this area is the double, a double tornado. And right. my grandpa was working at the Elkhart Truths at the time, and he covered that story. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of a... Um, yeah. Well, I'm the, glad you brought that up. The because story I, of lore from our family. Sure. And uh, I, w- I wanted to ask, you know, what you thought about, you know, a person kind of writes from, from where they are. There's this well of subconscious... Mm-hmm. Material that they just carry around with you. And you were away from Indiana. Right. But like, like, sort of the lore of your home yeah. is still circling around inside you. I th- I think it just kind of came out. Uh-huh. I don't think I had to dig for that one at all. It just kind of life after life feels like a Palm Sunday tornado. You know, yeah, right. it's like it's like that celebratory day. Uh huh. And at the same time, you know, you could just yeah feel like you're just being ripped apart. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's plenty of times where I've I felt like that. You know, and sure. I think it's a a frustrating place to be, but yeah. So I tell me, life. tell me a little bit, of, and our listeners a little bit about what you're up to these days, and you know where they can hear you. Um, these days, I'm playing with a few groups um, and working with a few groups in some different capacities, but uh, primarily playing with the Sanchez Agency mm-hmm. out of uh, Michiana. Yep. 
which you happen to be in. I have them in the band too. So um, Dean's plug. Yep. But we're we're really firing on all cylinders right now, and that's exciting. And the songwriter Jake Sandox from South Bend. There's a lot of kind of local folklore and yeah. just just really good indie, like we he calls it uh, indie bingo hall rock. Yeah, and you know that's that's pretty good summation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that group's really fun to play with. We'll be playing a little bit out this year. Um, started a new group called Jake Miller and the Midwestern Heat. The Midwest Heat. Um, doing a run later this summer, yeah. um, playing down in Nashville, going up, doing a tour through Indiana, Michigan, up to Farm Block, and that's all country music, and just a lot of covers of old yeah. country classics uh, and deep cuts. Sure, and you and you sit in with with friends quite often. You've, mm-hmm. you've backed me up. Mm-hmm. Nate Butler's band, Shiny yep. Shiny Black. I've been playing some drums with Shiny Shiny Black lately. Uh, I work with Lalo Kura. Right. To, not much in a performance capacity. I'll sit in every now and again and sing with them, but uh, work with them. So, um, and then I uh, also work with the local stoner metal band called Zaff, and right. uh, they're doing some pretty cool things right now too. So we're, I'm working on uh, helping produce their next record. Yes. And, uh, well, it's it's really great to be part of music in Goshen. It's it's such a a vibrant scene, and it really fosters creativity and it's really an honor to be part of it i'm glad i'm glad he can be part of it so well thank you jake thank you for for sharing a little bit about this really cool song and thanks for taking the time to to speak with us and give us a peek behind the curtain as it were and uh check out the links that i've got in the show notes to some of jake's projects and um tune in next time Thanks for having me. Sounds like the opening band is just about done. Headliners are coming up. And just like at any indie rock show, there might be a cover charge or a tip jar being passed around. And I want to invite you to help make a song and a friend podcast a reality with your financial support. Leave us a one-time tip through Venmo or make an ongoing pledge through Patreon. You can find links through the show notes or through my website, tomadamsonmusic.com. And boy, the natives are restless. They can't wait to hear Kansas Bible Company. And so without further ado, in its entirety, here is the song, Jesus and the Horse Thief.
Jesus Christ